Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the at-home edition of the Life Changes Look Show. Look at the bright lights. Look at the bright lights. We'll be swimming when we die. And tonight's guest, trauma-informed resilience coach, Look Anahita Anahita. Look at the night sky where the stars have always shine. And musical guest, Zach Dong. I am Mark Lejeur, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. I have been looking forward to this show for so many reasons. I think this is not only a conversation that matters, but this is something that matters right now more than ever. And it's interesting because there's so many potential triggers out in the world right now, in our lives right now, and we don't know which one of them are going to affect a certain person in a certain way, or even ourselves for that matter, necessarily. And it's interesting in in talking to our guest, and I, I can't wait to uh, share part of her story with her with you all. I was reminded of teaching a workshop one day, and um, it was a this particular workshop was all gay men, and we were talking about things that were traumatic to them and things that um, in their childhood brought them so much pain. And one after the other after the other talked about uh, being ousted from the family because they were gay or because, uh, you know, so it was all about their sexuality. And so we came up to the last one who was crying and and uh, having a really difficult time. And he said, you know, it for me, it wasn't that at all. He said, for me, it was being Polish. And everybody just stopped and looked at him and said, what? And he said, yep, my parents were embarrassed of being Polish in this country. And that was the hardest thing for me. And he says, the gay thing, that wasn't a problem. And so I, I, this informs part of our conversation today about never making assumptions about what people are suffering or how we are affected by certain things and not judging and all of that. And it also um, and it, uh, expands the conversation to uh, things that are beyond uh, what what is is usual, especially at this time, because there is nothing usual about this time. But we are excited that we have Anahita as our guest and Zach as our musical guest. We'll be right back with both of them on the show when we come back right after this on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like you see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. 
Phi Beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to The Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome, L.A., on the BBS Radio Network, with your host, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. You can hear tonight's show and all our past shows on our archive page at lifechangesshow.com, which include luminaries such as comedian Michael Collier, actress Gabriella Wright, performing artist James Hood, and author Ken Honda. Email your comments and questions to info at lifechangesnetwork.com, or AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. You can also comment via Twitter at LifeChangesShow and Facebook at The Life Changes Show. We are back. I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, online with our producer and co-host, Mark Lejour. What a relevant topic tonight i was thinking about that word trauma and and how we we marginalize things in today's society like you know a trauma is only you know related to the er or some deep deep rooted psychological moment yet our system uh, society is set up to induce trauma you know even in the commercials we watch as kids at the youngest of ages and there's so much in terms of you know where our stories start and and how we get to where we are and how we're going so this is a, such an important topic yes and we're glad we have our guest for this topic that uh, the show we've titled is trauma informed resilience i mean um <laughs> that is learning how to master resilience with trauma-informed resilience coach, inter integrative mental health practitioner, integrative. That's got to be integrative. And plant medicine guide, Anahita Anais Parsigian. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Anahita. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, Anahita. And you know, the, the interesting thing is I was as I was reading the words again, I'm like, I don't fully understand all of this. And the first <laughs> one right away, trauma informed resilience coach. Can can we can we just give a brief what is that? Mm-hmm, and then we absolutely. can get to the integrate into into mental health practitioner. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I'm happy, <laughs> happy to explain. It's a mouthful, huh? Um, so trauma-informed resilience, what is that about? So resilience really is a, is a, our ability to uh, withstand changes and challenges and be able to find our way back to a state of balance. That, in essence, is resilience, is our ability to weather the storm and it's not necessarily to not respond or to not get out of balance or get stressed out, but it's really our ability to come back. And um, tra- trauma-informed is really about understanding of trauma because a lot of times when we talk about resilience, there is a misunderstanding that resilience is about pushing, is about getting more done, it's about being tough. And that's not really what that is you know when we talk about trauma informed we're talking about understanding how trauma functions in our body in our physiology and through this trauma informed lens we start cultivating an understanding that says it is um, unreasonable 
to expect that we're not going to be impacted by stressors, by our history, by the changes that we're witnessing around ourselves, is mm. that we're always going to be impacted and we are going to be dysregulated. Part of being trauma-informed is recognizing that my work and our work as a society is to normalize dysregulation so that we can have a conversation about us going out of regulation, going out of balance, so that mm -hmm. then we can have a conversation about coming back because the expectation that we're not going to go out of balance is not at all realistic or reasonable. Mm -hmm. We're going to touch more on that. Uh, in the meantime, integrative mental health practitioner or integrative. I mean, that's not mm -hmm. wrong, is it? <laughs> no, integrative, yes. <laughs> Yeah, integrated mental health is really about bringing uh, different aspects into an understanding of what mental health is about. Traditionally, um, in in our society, we think of mental health as you know something you go to a psychotherapist and you talk, and maybe if you can't feel better, then you get some medication from a psychiatrist, and hopefully you feel better. But integrated mental health takes a very holistic approach. We look at the sleep patterns, which impact. Uh, so much of our brain chemistry and impact our mood. We look at our lifestyle, our um, diet, our spiritual practices, our connection with our animals, our connection with spirit, with the community as a foundation for our health and well-being. So an integrative mental health would take all of that into account. So when I work with an individual, to me, if there is depression or anxiety or even ADHD, there are signs that there are symptoms. So we want to look at the deeper layer and understand the root. And a lot of times the root is about bringing balance. And um, I work based on the understanding that all living organisms have an innate drive towards harmony and balance. Mm. And it's only when we get in a way that we end up in dis-ease. And so a big part of my work is that curiosity to understand where where is there an imbalance? Where are we preventing that natural flow of life that wants to move towards harmony um, and work towards addressing those? So that is the integrative approach. Thank you. Well, you have said so much already and informed <laughs> us more. And, and I'm glad that this conversation is being had and there is someone like you uh, who is doing this kind of work. Now, your 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 work and your life story uh, inspired my sharing at the beginning of the show during the monologue about that experience of where somebody said something that nobody expected. And so you have had some very traumatic experiences and, and yet you share uh, something very fascinating about the ones that were traumatic to you. Please, please uh, share with us about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I think trauma is having a moment in the zeitgeist. You know, we're talking about it a lot, which is wonderful. And um, traditionally, a lot of times we have this understanding that trauma is something that happens. It's an event, but it's really not an event. Trauma is a response. And mm. so uh, my dear teacher, Gabor Mate, a renowned uh, trauma author and speaker and doctor, uh, he says that trauma uh, isn't what happens outside. It's what happens inside. And so a lot of times when we talk about trauma, like you were mentioning at the beginning of the show, people think of ER trauma or they think of the war, being a veteran and being at the war. 
but it's not really the experience outside because two veterans can go to the exact same deployment and one of them will return traumatized and the other one will not. And it's not a reflection of their quote unquote level of toughness or strength. And that's why, you know, we talk about trauma informed. And so it's rather what happens inside, not the outside. For example, I was born and raised in Iran. And when I was growing up, there was war and there was rocket bombs and it was quite scary and there'd be sirens and any minute you know a bomb could come down and your entire family could be gone so from that perspective um, if you look at it a lot of people would say wow you have been traumatized by war or you have been traumatized by being raised um, in a society that was really oppressive towards women but however my when I look in my life and the history of my life, it wasn't really those experiences that were the most quote unquote traumatizing, but it was really that process of leaving and coming to a new. A lot of times we'll look from the outside, wow, it must be great. You're safe now. You're in a new space. However, you know, internally that process for me looked like, I don't know where I am. I don't have history or lineage to lean on. It's uncharted territory. I'm not sure I'm fully understanding this culture or where do I fit in? Where do I go for help? Who can actually help me understand how to find my foothold in this country, how to let go of the past and make new friendships, understand new culture? Those parts were really the challenging parts for me. And so it's just seeing it from that perspective of not the outside, but what's inside and that sense of not belonging and that sense of being lost. And those experiences were much more profound than going growing up under rocket bombs, which at the time I was provided the context. My father provided a really beautiful story that we bought into it as children. And so we weren't afraid. Wow. That's that's brilliant. And what a way to to expand on the conversation of of what trauma is or uh, or or isn't like Mark was saying, it's like this is such a it's a bigger story. And like you were saying, it's a story that's getting more and more attention because it's it's very important. And you raised talk about expanding the conversation you raised. Uh, it, not only is it important, it actually affects almost every area of our life, I would imagine, depending on the trauma. So you you said something that we your work is about cultivating safety. Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk about that. Absolutely. Um, so trauma, in essence, is loss of safety. It's that mm. at some point I have an experience that it. Uh, alters my worldview from a place that is safe to a place that is no longer safe Mm. and so it's that alteration of my of my sense of safety within my body and within uh, my relations and my relationship with the world and so if you want to cultivate healing it's only possible if i feel safe inside inside my body my community and so a lot of the work goes back to restoring that sense of safety. And um, in my work is very much somatic. And what that means is that we work with the body and we recognize trauma as a physiological response. And I think that physiological response, we drop into a state in our nervous system that is devoid of safety. And so the process of cultivating that sense of 
comfort and safety is a long process that I get to go back within and go back in the body and get curious and do the work a little bit at a time. And so in somatic work, we work with shaking. So there are methodologies like trauma release or EMDR or somatic experiencing, which is all about re-experiencing that experience at the time that happened where I wanted to, I, I felt unsafe and I wanted to change that condition. So I had to take some action to change that condition. But if I, if I was taking action, I could not change the condition or I could not take action to change the condition. And that's when trauma happens is that something's happening that's threatening my safety. And no matter what I do, the conditions persist. And so our work is about going back and restoring that sense of safety first in the nervous system, then in our environment, in our relations. It is really a three, um, three, three deep foundations for safety. Is that once I'm one, I'm looking inside my body, my physiology, my thoughts, my um, how my body's functioning. If there's pain, if there's discomfort. Two, we look at the environment whether it's my home environment or the environment of the city I'm living in, the level of noise, the level of safety, level of crime. And then third, I'm looking at the relationships around me and cultivating safety in those relationships. And and that really is the foundation of much of our safety is our relationships. Well, when you put it that way, uh, I, I would think that there are some people walking around not knowing that they are traumatized because their life might have looked normal with a certain quote unquote normal with a certain structure to it and, and all of that. But but there might have been something inside of them that uh, wasn't agreeing with what was going on or they were seeing things they weren't supposed. You know what I mean? And do some of those people may be traumatized. Is it possible that they don't know it? Absolutely. Um, in fact, when we, when we look at trauma from that lens of loss of safety, um, then the argument can be made that we will be hard pressed to find someone that has not gone through trauma in their life mm-hmm. and that we've all gone through it. Um, you know, and some of that is vicarious trauma, which we've all just been through. Um, witnessing others in suffering is also mm-hmm. traumatizing for our nervous system is that I'm seeing something that's happening And I cannot do anything about it. And I'm witnessing suffering and I want to take action, but my action is is not making a difference or I don't know what action to take. And that alone can be traumatizing, even if it's not personal. Mm. So what is, uh, what is, it's what I'm sensing is that one can go through one's whole life with trauma and either not know it or know it and just deal with it. Uh, But it's not sustainable ultimately for a a balanced life, obviously, right? Or relationships or it, it creeps into other areas of our life or all of them, right? Absolutely, in, in varying degrees. Um, and in some cases, we can argue that perhaps it, it someone can go through their entire life and somehow manage it without very significant side effects and consequences. That could happen. And often that shows up in form of um, 
for example, having very controlling tendencies or feeling mm. that I need to constantly be achieving uh, unreasonable mm-hmm. levels of achievement mm. um, or feeling like I always need to please those around me. And so sometimes we celebrate that. Our culture celebrates hyperachievers. And so we put a medal of honor and we say, these are wonderful overachievers in our society that we celebrate. So we mm. don't really look at it from that perspective of this is a trauma response. But over the years, when we study overachievers, we see that there's high stress, there's high anxiety, there's digestive dysfunction. Uh, They don't have a pause button, don't have a stop button. I am one of those people. (laughs) I'm constantly actively working towards dismantling those, those old survival mechanisms that manifest themselves in form of personality traits or talents. So um, now I'll say one more thing is that on the other end of the spectrum, you know, there are much more profound and disruptive ways that trauma expresses itself um, in form of PTSD. So when there's PTSD, then we're really looking at flashbacks where the person, a small trigger of a sound or a word or a light can send them into a past experience of trauma and they become blinded. They're not even present. And so they're pulled out of their experience into a reality of the past and experience that is quite terrifying. So we see this often uh, with veterans returning from war. And so there are varying degrees of this. Um, and but at, at the core root of it is that loss of safety. You know, Anahita, what about the, what about going to a movie where one is watching a, a lot of war happening, bigger than life and louder than life, and uh, and and doing it every weekend, or and then going home and watching it on TV, kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I I would get curious about um, you know what that's about. You know, what is the person getting from this experience and why they're drawn to it? Um, It could very well be that we go through experiencing these over and over again, and we do not feel affected by them in the sense that uh, my my, uh, sense of safety is impacted. I might not be impacted. However, when there is that constant high activation and that drive towards high activation going on, then I get curious is that Mm. why is the individual constantly seeking these high activating intense experiences? And often that itself is an indication that there is trauma because when we grow up in an environment that we were always subjected to anxiety or stress and there was no calm in our environment, Mm. states of calm can feel threatening because they're new experiences, they can feel threatening. Mm-hmm. And so the individual will seek these high activating experiences and the sense of restlessness and overloading their nervous system because the moment it quiets, that quiet comes with thoughts, memories and experiences that the individual cannot um, look at, they're not prepared to look at, does not have the resources to look at. Well, so now that brings me to uh, uh, this very moment where, just like you said, there are some very traumatic things happening 
in in all of our lives have been happening uh, more and more. And we can turn on our phones and see somebody across the world being mistreated or having a difficult time. Uh, then we can see it on the news and then we can see it on our screens and on our social media. And it's constant, constant. Is this, uh, how is this affecting us? Because I know it is. It absolutely is affecting us, whether we are conscious of it or not, is that one, it just alters our uh, perspective of the world from a place of safe that's safe and with loving people to a place that is not safe, that is not full of loving people. And and so that itself is problematic. Um, and that level of high activation, we also have can become addicted to, you know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, they termed, uh, they coined the term, the doom scroll, where it's like, I just, I can't stop. I keep going mm. and looking at this information over and over again, and I can't stop. And so mm-hmm. part of this is our inability to self-regulate. And self-regulation is a foundation um, of cultivating safety is that my ability to know when something is too much for my nervous system and taking a step back. Um, But a lot of times we don't know how to do that. It's very rare that I meet someone that does that well because our foundation for how we learn to do that comes from childhood. So if our needs were not attuned to, intended to, and responded to, then I didn't really learn when when I need to take a step back. If I didn't have that model of somebody else taking a step back and taking care of themselves, then I don't know how to do that either. So this constant you know, uh, drive to go to the news or the negative information in our brain has a way of you know, prioritizing negativity bias. And so it looks at this information and it considers it critical for survival. And so then we start creating a perspective of the world that's not safe. So if I want to create a perspective of the world that's safe, it's not to say that I must ignore the reality of what's happening around me, but being mindful um, of how do I consume that information, how often and in what format, because the format also makes a huge difference. Consuming information on TV with blinking lights and breaking news and loud sounds, it's a lot of sensory information coming in that has a strong impact. Whereas on radio, you're, we're listening to the voices. And so there is that impact of the, of the sound and the voice and reading is the lowest impact. I can just read and I can go back and say, do I read that correctly or know when to stop? Whereas once I turn that TV on or radio on, it's just coming until I turn it off. So mm-hmm. it's also that it's just knowing how to modulate that's that's uh, the format and the speed and the frequency of it. Mm. Wow, this this is so important, so important. Well, actually, when we come back, Anahita, I, I believe you have something that you well, I know you have lots of things, actually. <laughs> and and I should uh, say right now that uh, if you can't tell, Anahita has so much to offer in this space and she works one on one with people. She does retreats and, and groups. And uh, but if you're interested in learning more about her work, Anahita Anais.com. I'll spell that. A-N-A-H-I-T-A. A again. N like Nancy. A-I-S. 
Com. If you didn't catch that, we'll say it again later. And it's also on the lifechangesshow.com website where we have Anahita. Anahita, please pronounce your full name for us because I know I didn't say it correctly before. <laughs> Anahita Anais Parserian. It's It rolls off your tongue so beautifully. Anahita Anais Parserian. <laughs> uh, there, I tried. Um, so with that, when we come back, uh, if you would, Anahita, please share with us uh, one or two things that we could start to focus on either uh, for safety for ourselves or safety for those who are close to us in our very homes or in our very lives that we spend time with or at work. Uh, that it's important, I think, not just for uh, them, but for us uh, as well. So um, maybe something that we can do for ourselves and something we can do with others or for others. So uh, stay tuned for that. In our next segment, we also have our Ask Dorothy segment after uh, Anahita and then our musical guest segment with Zach Tushan, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to the Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome LA, with your host, Filippo Voltaggio. You can visit us online at lifechangesshow.com, via Twitter Life Changes Show and Facebook at the Life Changes Show. We are back. I am host Filippo Voltaggio and we are talking to Anahita Anais Parsegian. And uh, we are learning about trauma and learning how to master resilience from Anahita. And Anahita, I know that we, uh, I, I made such a big deal about wanting to know, and I do, I do, I do, and uh, about um, what we can do to create safety for ourselves and others. But I do have a question before that. You said so much of the foundation of your work is also self-compassion. What does that mean to you? Mm. Yes. So, Self-compassion is a foundational requirement. You know, um, if we are going to address, um, take a look inside and identify what's happening within ourselves, and we're going to notice 
that some parts of us have gone through some challenges of the past that we might be aware of or not. And in response to those challenges, we change and shift and we, we adapt. And this adaptation sometimes can be painful to look at. They might look like anger. They might look like a sense of victimhood. They might look like hypervigilance <clears throat> or um, having controlling characteristics. And a lot of times we come at this from a place of judgment is that we judge ourselves. We judge mm -hmm. who we are and we judge our responses. We judge our triggers. And when we get tired of judging ourselves, we judge others. <laughs> and mm -hmm. when we get tired of doing that, then we judge our circumstances. And, mm -hmm. you know, then there's never any shortage and the of world. things to Don't judge. Don't judging the whole world. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> and judging and so, God. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so when <laughs> I come from on. that place, my heart just closes. My heart closes, and and I'm I'm closed off to, and I'm coming from this place of well, you better fix it. You better change, mm -hmm. or this person better do that, or this world better do this. And and that approach itself is extremely challenging because a lot of times these adaptations have happened in childhood. And when a lot of times when I work with individuals, this is the first foundational piece is that you must be able to connect with that inner child um, and recognize that the response we would give to a child in distress is the response that we must give to ourselves in distress wow. and to others. Wow. And so we work with this concept of picturing the child. So I have a meditation. I have individuals have a picture of themselves, four or five years old, and put them up uh, somewhere that they see on an altar or a mirror or something that somewhere that they see every day and have a daily practice of connecting with that child. And when we go through that inner critic voice, then be able to return to that and say, if a child was coming to me with this deep agony, what would my response be? And mm -hmm. have that same response and then be able to do the same with others. Recognizing that a lot of these adaptations and, you know, quote unquote character flaws, which I don't really call them, they're not, you know, triggers are, and, and these adaptations are not moral failures, they're just responses. So just being able to recognize that it's just the child in distress that created this response. And so the only way I'm going to heal this is by tending to it from a place of deep compassion. Wow. You, you just answered the other questions, too, didn't you? Surely. The fact that we, it, by recognizing the child within us the, uh, reacting in a certain way, and then also uh, having the compassion to recognize the child within somebody else and speak, uh, well, well, you don't want to speak to them like they're a child, right? So yeah, slightly right. different language. So go, <laughs> not that different though. You know, we can use this exact language with children and adults. It works with everyone, and that's the beauty of it. It's just the simplicity. Is that going back to the foundational level of safety? Is that a lot of times when somebody's in distress or I'm in distress, the question I ask is the wrong question. The real question I ask is, what do I, what do I need, and what do you want, or what do you need, or what's and, wrong with and, you, right? Or yeah. Yeah, precisely. So it's like, I sometimes I don't know. I just know that I, I'm not feeling good, and I don't know what I need. 
and I don't know what I want. I, I might not know any of that. I might be in too much of a distress to even know well, what would make you feel better. I don't know. Oh, Sometimes wow. I can't tap into what will make me feel better. And so again, going back to the foundation of safety, the more effective question to ask is what would help you feel safe? Wow. And so when I get curious, what would help me feel safe? And then it, it really does inspire curiosity. And so I'm not asked to know the answer of what I want and what would make me feel better. And I, then I don't know the answer to that. But if I'm asking the question, what would help you feel safe? That is a very primal sensation. I'm always going to find the answer to that. And being able to ask that same question um, with another in relationships with others. And I think these days, we've lost our ability to have conversations when we are in disagreement with each other. And we're seeing a lot of that manifested in different forms in our communities, in our families, in our society as a whole. And it's that we're not pausing to ask the question of, what would help you feel safe? We just pass judgment about your moral character based on your response. And so you're mm. a bad person because this is what you think is the solution is. And so, but that solution is is not the right solution. Therefore, you have moral failure. Uh, and that's from my personal perspective and vice versa. We do the same kind of judgment <laughs> against each other. So the, the fundamental question is, what will help you feel safe? And when we ask that question, we can even solve the bigger problems more effectively. Oh, perhaps I'm not feeling financially secure in this society. We can have a conversation about that. Or I'm not feeling like the information that's coming through the media is accurate and I feel like I can't trust that. Then we can have a conversation about that. So what will help you feel safe is knowing that the information that's coming to me is accurate or knowing that there is a pathway for me to make a living for myself and my children in this in this country. And when we really get that curious, we start getting to that root level of what is disturbing what the people, what is causing them to have a fear reaction, and then be able to then have solutions that address this core level of loss of safety and discomfort. Wow. Wow. So good. So good. Uh, well, I I have a question for you, but you don't have to answer it now. Maybe the next time we have a conversation. How did you get so smart? Uh, no, but, um, but in actuality, so the, so as we bring this to a close, the 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 resilience i can see where from a place of safety now we can move forward uh uh instead of backward and and become more resilient right absolutely and recognizing that true true safety is really cultivated within ourselves and in our relationships and everything else we can work through well well Anahita, uh, I know, like I said earlier, you work with uh, one-on-ones and you do groups and companies and uh, retreats and all of that. It must be, as I'm sure, very rewarding to help people become more resilient and help them with their traumas. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share real quickly before we give your address once again uh, where the, they can find you? Um, it has been a delight to be here <laughs> and with your audience. Thank you so much.
<laughs> it has been a delight for us. I, I can't wait to connect. And I know we have a mutual friend. Should we mention her? Yes. Hi, Kira. <laughs> Kira Kushnarova. I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> uh, former guest on our show, musical guest. Um, so it, it's a pleasure to know that our family grows. And I look forward to, we all look forward to meeting you in person. But in the meantime, if you are half as interested as we are uh, in uh uh, Anahita's work, um, of course you are, go to anahitaanais.com, A-N-A-H-I-T-A, Anais, A-N-A-I-S.com. There are two A's in there. And again, you can go to the lifechangeshow.com website and find Anahita Anais Parsigian. Thank you so much and all the best to you. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. And, and before the Ask Dorothy, I want to give a quick shout out to Epics Worldwide, EPX Worldwide, and Paul Kirchhoff, who uh, was a catalyst for us getting to know Anahita. Thank you, Paul. Dear Dorothy, this is Dolores from Carlsbad, California. You shared with me in the past that when something bad happens to me, that it will serve me if I look for the gift and give gratitude for the experience. This advice has served me well in the past, but I am having great difficulty in being grateful right now. Everyone I know has been fighting over so many things, and my friends and family members are on the one side of the fence and I'm on the other. They tell me the world is ending, and I say this is a new beginning. They can't hear me, so how do I find gratitude when they tell me that I must think, believe, and do it their way when their way does not work for me? Dear Dolores, I am pleased to hear that you have been using gratitude and have found how helpful it is when we look for the gifts in a negative situation. I have experienced two occasions in the last few days where in the past I would have chosen sadness and anger over gratitude. I am so happy that I've listened to my own advice and choose to look for the gifts instead of doing it the old way. And it was easy to find the gifts in these latest experiences because I have been practicing this gratitude way of living life for quite some time now. Dolores, I'm proud of you for sticking to your beliefs and not giving in to something you do not believe in. Gratitude is the greatest gift we can give to ourselves. And the more gratitude we express, the more great things to be grateful for will show up. I have found so many amazing groups of people through social media who are seeing these times as the ending of all the bad and new beginnings for us all. I'm excited to see the information that is being shared and I'm thrilled to find so many like-minded people and see and join in the gatherings where they are doing and sharing prayers of gratitude. We are thanking God for truth being revealed and positive change taking place. And I thank God daily for our ability to co-create a world filled with joy, peace, 
and love and an ending of sadness, pain, and corruption. Check out the many postings on social media and you can find like-minded people to associate with. And please know that you can choose right now to be grateful that you're being true to your higher self and not buckling under to anything that does not feel right for you. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our musical guest, Zach Tushan, here on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening. Someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. Life Changes Show is a premier radio show presented by the Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and even celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, corporate giants, and children, we are here to help and to serve with heart, integrity, and experience we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show, LifeChangesNetwork.com, and through guest appearances on other inspiring shows and events. If you wish to learn more about Life Changes Life Coaching, a private consultation with one of us, corporate or live event appearances, or if you would like us to appear on your radio or TV shows, please email us at info at LifeChangesNetwork.com. We are back, and this is the musical segment of the Life Changes show. We are happy to have singer, songwriter, and so much more. We'll touch on that. Zach Tushan, welcome, Zach, to the Life Changes show. Hello, and it is such an honor to be here. Uh, I'm glad you feel so. It's our pleasure to have you on. And uh, we saw you right now. Actually, we're seeing you right now on Instagram. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. at Zach. Yeah, I'm live right now on the Life Changes Show, lifechangesnetwork.com. Come check us out. These guys are amazing. And I just wanted to say, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Oh, so yes, on this say, end. <laughs> isn't it just amazing how the world and the universe will lead us right to where we need to be. This, this, uh, you know, hearing this woman speak about trauma, uh, Ahita, she was just amazing. And, and yeah, she's crazy smart. And, uh, right. and talking about trauma and how it affects us, you know, it really affects a lot of our daily, daily everything. I mean, 
when you dive deeper and you become aware of it, you, you realize that, that, you know, a lot of your behaviors are from past traumas, you know, relationships or heartbreaks or, uh, you know, uh, being embarrassed at some point or there's just so many different ways. So I just wanted to say it's just amazing how, how it can lead me exactly where I need to be to hear exactly what I needed to hear. So thank you guys for that. Uh, and I'm so glad you said that, Zach. And, and I was thinking of a song that you played with me, uh, played for me earlier uh, and, and I think it was one of your first songs. And I thought, you know, as you're saying this, I'm like, yeah, there was some trauma in there about a relationship gone wrong or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the woman that this is uh, desperate for love, which you can find online as well. Um, desperate for love is a song about a woman who I used to take home from church. She was about 75 years old, years and years ago. Uh, her name escapes me at this exact moment, but, um, she had had her heart broken and was uh, was abused, you know, through domestic violence with mm. with her husband and the father of her children early on in her life. So she just gave up on love. Mm. And she told me she told me after years and years at 80 years old, 75, 80 years old, she would lay in bed and just yearn to have that feeling again, that feeling of love. And that's what that song is about, being desperate mm. for. And uh, mm. yeah, man, well, that song it, instead now. <laughs> and, 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 and what's that so you're making me want to sing that song now <laughs> <laughs> well you've, you've chosen some great songs too uh you know and and speaking of you uh, uh i know your your first love was music uh and and your first passion uh, was for music but you have a passion for a lot of things and most of all i i wrote some of your quotes down uh, I mean, to me, there were quotes. You said so many things. Like one of the things that I really liked, I put quotes around it and your name underneath it. I create because this is what I love to do. Tell me about that. Well, you see, creation comes from uh, a higher power, a higher place. And I don't like to put a specific name on that because I'm, I'm, I'm more of a spiritual person than a religious person. I believe in, in everyone coming together um, instead of separating ourselves. But creativity is this amazing thing where humanity can uh, create a new reality within our own minds and, and the minds of others. It's a way to spread messages, spread love. It's a way to express yourself. It's a way to create new ideas. And people like to think of creativity as just art or just music or just dancing. But I mean, creativity exists in, in, in science and in, in, in mathematics and in, in everything that humans are doing as we progress as, as a race. And uh, I think that my, my gifts that I have of creativity um, are something that, I, that I'm, I'm deeply passionate about, spreading love and positive energy through these uh, various channels, uh, through writing with the book that I have coming out, uh, the Change You Challenge, which I have coming out as well. I, I have, uh, you know, I'm doing films and we're doing a lot of content. And a lot of these things are based around the central idea of spreading a positive message and helping others help others. And that's kind of I could go on a while for that. So I, I, I know you can, actually. And I hope someday we have the opportunity to do that because you, you've got so much to share that so aligns uh, the, 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 the change you challenge that you talked about or uh, the name, the, the, the short title of your book is what? Uh, you have everything you need to get what you want. And and the reason I, I, I entitled it that, first of all, it was what came to me. 
uh, originally when I when the idea. I, hit I love it. If you just read the title, you have gotten the message that I need mm. you to get. Mm. Mm. And so, if you read the title, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I know. What's that? You don't want to read the book, listen to the audio book, just read the title. You, you got it. <laughs> so I know uh, you you share so many messages through song. And so you, here today you uh, were going to sing a couple of songs for us. Which song did you choose to sing first? So or did you first, change your mind? <laughs> no, 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 I could. I, I've got a lot of them. I've been right? writing songs for many years. But I... Uh, I'm promoting a song called Smile right now. It's written by me and a good friend of mine, Jerry Angelo, who's a, a director friend of mine, and we've done several films together. Uh, I was sitting on my on my rooftop, and we were we were going through a little session trying to write a song, and I looked over to my wife, and she smiled, and I just I just I just strummed I just strummed a little bit. I said, "Your smile," and, and I, I just started. I, and Jerry said, "Repeat that, repeat that," and then I and then and I just started repeating it. And before you know it, just a few minutes later, we had the song Smile, which is mm. what I'm about. And it's well, about getting into the eyes of someone else that you love and let and letting that change that moment and bring the positive into you. And it can happen not just a stranger on the street. But this is particular about my wife, Katya, Katya Tushan, who's an amazing person and mm. uh, in love with Mark. Well, Mark, you have actually met. So. Well, uh, we will uh, we will get to hear the song and hopefully get to meet both of you one of these days. In the meantime, here is "Smile" by Zach Tushan live on the Life Changes Home at Home edition right after the, uh, right now.
see you dancing in the kitchen. Oh, while the kids play outside our window. Your smile, your smile, turn me around when I'm feeling bad. Your eyes, your eyes, oh, they look right inside my head. Your touch, your touch, I love your touch. smile you can find that online everywhere my name's zach tushan you can find me on instagram at zach tushan i'm really really excited and proud to be here on the life changes show thank you zach tushan indeed we should spell that z-a-c-h-t-o-u-c-h-o-n and we mentioned instagram earlier so all you have to do is go to at uh, Zach Tushan on Instagram, find him there, and Zach Tushan Music on Facebook, and find him there, and his music is available everywhere music is available. Uh, Zach, uh, a couple more uh, questions, because I, because like I said, I wrote, so you, you, you speak so inspiringly, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the phrases that you say is inspiration through creation, what does that mean for you? So, you know, a lot of people uh, out there right now are motivational speakers, and, and I would consider myself a motivational speaker as well. But I think on a different level, I would consider myself an inspirational speaker. And through creation, we can inspire others, not only to change, but not to change themselves, to change the people around them and to change the world in general. And so as I create, I like to inspire the world. So that's kind of basically what it's about. Through the messages of the songs, through the words of the book, through, the, through everything that I'm doing, um, we're trying to inspire change and we're inspiring the world to understand that if you want to change, you got to change you. And so if you change you, you have an opportunity to change everybody around you. And, and we, all, we all know uh, the famous, famous uh, story by Jim Rohn. Uh, who talks about putting the mask on yourself first before you put the mask on your child. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of anybody else. So, um, 
Yeah, and actually, uh, speaking of that, that's the um, uh, uh, on an airplane, right? The uh, air mask, the oxygen mask um, story. You got to protect yourself first because how are you going to save your kid if you can't breathe, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and actually, talking about change, uh, real quickly, I I heard you a couple times uh, share a story, and I I thought now now that's a lot of change. (laughs) Uh, where you are singing this song with a guitar with us right now, and you come from a background where that wasn't necessarily looked at as a cool thing. Yeah, so uh, I like to come from what I call humble beginnings. Uh, came from a bad neighborhood in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I uh, I was a witness to many traumatic experiences. Uh, and... As I got got into my teens, uh, you know, I had a lot of great friends, but, um, you know, we we were kind of really influenced by our neighborhood and 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 hip hop music is what we were making, and primarily a lot of negative uh, stuff. And so, in that neighborhood, you had to be tough. And and so, when I would sing, uh, you know, they 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 would say that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't tough. So. Showing that that kind of sensitive side of myself took a lot of self-training and, and being willing to kind of step out and, and, and come out as a positive person. And, and, and that's just kind of, you know, it became a, it became a thing where I just I was just very, very proud of, of being a singer because it was uh, it wasn't something that that was that was uh, celebrated as, as a young kid for me. Um, I would sing a lot and write a lot of songs in my house. But whenever I would be out and about, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd have to be Mr. Cool Guy and Tough Guy. And, Interesting. Know, pop artist and all that stuff. So um, when I moved to L.A., I moved in with a bunch of actors. My dad had got me a guitar and uh, that guitar just 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 kept me company. And times when I was I was homeless a couple of times in, in L.A., living in my car between houses, uh, you know, going from couch to couch, you know, uh, trying to figure things out in my, my late 20s and. Uh, it was a great experience, but there were a lot of challenges there. And that guitar came with me, and uh, it's broken today, which is kind of a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it, it's actually, I put it in the trash, and then a few days later, I, I found a homeless guy who had, like, taped it back together and, like, glued it back together. <laughs> and he was literally, it was out right. He was playing. He's out there playing on it. I was like, that's crazy. Uh, but, wow. Uh, yeah, you know, homelessness is another is another thing that I'm 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 uh, very concerned about uh, in the city. Uh, I just recently did a documentary that you can find on my Facebook about that too. So. And that's yeah. Zach Tushan music. Uh, so, uh, Zach, we're gonna get to hear uh, another song. Which one did you pick? So this is a song called "Run," and this is a song about hitting rock bottom. And you burned all your bridges. You drank all your whiskey. Nobody's give you any another dime. Now it's time to get up and run, and that's what we all want to do when things get challenging, when things when things want to. We don't want to change, so we want to run so we can keep being the same old person that we've always been, and that's what the song is about. Mm. Okay, well here is Zach Tushan live on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition online, singing "Run."
Wow. Zach Tushan with Run. Find him on. Am I going to go too far with this song? I'm yelling at everything. <laughs> no. I'm deep, you know, it's like I'm, I'm feeling like that. I'm, I'm bringing out Jimi Hendrix. I'm bringing out some Led Zeppelin. I'm just reliving that. <laughs> you go, Zach. You, you, you're bringing out all kinds of things through all the things that you do. Uh, so I, I want to let everybody know Zach Tushan, uh, on Instagram and Zach Tushan music on Facebook and his music is available everywhere. Music is sold. And, uh, I, I want to share with everybody, uh, one of your main message. Do you remember what it was that, um, you had lots of them, but there was one that you shared just before you and I hung up talking earlier. Do you remember what that was? Yes, I do. Uh, I want people out there, no matter where you are, what circumstances you're going through. And I know we're all going through a lot of hard times and we make a lot of mistakes in our lives. I want you to know that you can start over. You can start over right now, any time of the day, the month, the year, the week, every minute of the day, you have an opportunity to start over and start fresh and everything will line up for you. But you have to be the one who does all the hard work and the hard walking so just know that you can start over anytime you want to and you have the power to change everything thank you zach zach tushan a big thank you to you a pleasure having you on the show one last thing one last thing if you go to my instagram you can check out at the top i'm raising some money for a, a organization called pathways togo which uh, helps uh young girls in togo africa where i've been and, and had a lot of great experiences there so if you get a chance, check that out. I love you guys, and thank you so much for having me here. And I'm just really honored to have been on your show. Thank you, guys. Keep spreading that good, positive energy. Nice. Thank you. And keep inspiring as well through all the work that you do. Zach Tushan, big thank you to you and a big thank you to our guest, Anahita Anais Parsagian. And with that, uh, that is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our producer and co-host, Mark Lejeure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes and your vibrations raise, as they surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes.
The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.